Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. For those of you new to the show, we're studying the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, loosely following the study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and today we're going to be in Alma chapter 62 and Helaman chapters 1 to 5. Okay, I can't speak for what life is like right now in the rest of the country, but in California, things are pretty nuts right now. Not only do we have this never-ending coronavirus pandemic that has now killed over 800,000 people worldwide, tanked the economy, causing millions to lose their jobs, and forced us to live a fairly strict shelter in place, but now we're starting what will probably be an entire year of distance learning for our children. My kid's school starts in three days, and we still don't know what their schedule is going to be. On top of all this, California has been experiencing a heat wave resulting in rolling blackouts by our favorite power company, PG&E, which wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing, except at the same time, about a week ago, the heavens rained down fury on us with over 10,000 lightning strikes throughout the state, resulting in massive fires that have forced thousands of people to flee their homes, burned countless structures, and caused our air quality to be unhealthy for days now. And then, of course, we've been living through years of extreme polarization in the political arena, with liberals and conservatives trying to bash each other's proverbial brains in, and social unrest as a result of institutionalized racism, climate change, social media algorithms that promote destructive content, and a host of other issues. All right, I'm being a bit dramatic here, but not really. This has been a challenging time for many people to live through. So as I studied this week's reading in the Book of Mormon, I thought about how we could relate our lives now to what the Nephites had been living through. Over the last 60 years in the Book of Mormon, starting with the death of King Mosiah in 91 BC, the Nephites have experienced civil war, political insurrection, ongoing war with the Lamanites, the capital city of Zarahemla being taken over by political extremists and then sacked by the Lamanites, and great contention within the church and society because of the pride of the people, largely due to wealth gaps forming between the rich and the poor. I imagine the Nephites during this period could probably have a lot of empathy for you and I as we struggle through the various challenges facing our society today. So what lessons can we learn from the Nephites that might help us navigate the challenges we're facing today? Let me suggest a few from this week's reading. First, some of us will not survive spiritually, while others of us will grow even closer to God as a result of our challenges. Quote, And thus ended the thirty and first year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And thus they had had wars and bloodsheds and famine and affliction for the space of many years. And there had been murders and contentions and dissensions and all manner of iniquity among the people of Nephi. But behold, because of the exceedingly great length of the war between the Nephites and the Lamanites, many had become hardened because of the exceedingly great length of the war, and many were softened because of their afflictions, insomuch that they did humble themselves before God, even in the depth of humility. You and I have watched many people become hardened spiritually and fall away from their faith. It's very likely happening now to a greater degree, since many of us are still not able to go to church and interact with those who may need our spiritual support. What will we find when we return to church next year? But perhaps a more important question is, how do we make sure we ourselves maintain our faith during these challenging times? Quote, And the people of Nephi began to prosper again in the land, and began to multiply and to wax exceedingly strong again in the land. And they began to grow exceedingly rich. 
But notwithstanding their riches, or their strength, or their prosperity, they were not lifted up in the pride of their eyes. Neither were they slow to remember their Lord their God. But they did humble themselves exceedingly before him. Yea, they did remember how great things the Lord had done for them, that he had delivered them from death, and from bonds, and from prisons, and from all manner of afflictions, and he had delivered them out of the hands of their enemies, and they did pray unto the Lord their God continually." As we push through the challenges we are facing and emerge on the other end, we need to make sure we're remembering how the hand of God has impacted our lives. We need to remember the blessings we've received. We need to remember where we've come from and how we wouldn't have survived without the divine help of a loving God. Okay, second lesson. We need a strong, righteous leader during times of turmoil. Quote, And it came to pass that there was still great contention in the land, yea, even in the forty and seventh year, and also in the fortieth and eighth year. Nevertheless, Helaman did fill the judgment seat with justice and equity. Yea, he did observe to keep the statutes and the judgments and the commandments of God. And he did do that which was right in the sight of God continually. And it came to pass that the wars and contentions began to cease in a small degree among the people of the Nephites in the latter end of the forty and eighth year of the reign of the judges over the people of Nephi. And it came to pass in the forty and ninth year of the reign of the judges, there was continual peace established in the land. And it came to pass in this same year, there was exceedingly great prosperity in the church, insomuch that there were thousands who did join themselves unto the church and were baptized under repentance, end quote. For the Nephites, having a good leader like Helaman produced results very quickly. He was able to help guide his people back to peace and prosperity, at least for a while. He didn't do it by pushing a liberal or conservative agenda, but rather did it by being a good person, a good example for his people. He likely worked with people on both sides of the political aisle. He had a moral compass dictated by his faith in God. He didn't make exceptions in his actions or policy that might have been politically expedient, but rather did what was right in the sight of God continually. As we go to the ballot box every couple years to choose our next leaders, I think most people tend to vote for the candidate that most closely aligns with their political identity or policy objectives. Many people, unfortunately, just vote for their political party, regardless of who the candidate is. Is this really the best way to choose our leaders? What do we really need right now in our country? Is it fiscal reform, changes to the healthcare landscape, climate policy change, police reform? Or is what we really need respect, kindness, unity, compassion, understanding? Should we put someone in office that will make the specific policy change we want? Or is it more important that we have leaders to provide us an example of how to listen to those who may not share our views and learn to work together to accomplish what's in the best interest of everyone? Isn't it more important that we have leaders that will help us remove the feelings of hate and intolerance that have found their way into our society? So instead of voting Democrat or Republican this November, what if we voted for the person who will actually serve as a leader? and help us all to become better versions of ourselves. This same concept applies to leadership in our places of employment, in our church, and most importantly, in our homes. Okay, third lesson. As pride and contention grow, so must our humility and faith. Quote, And in the fiftieth and first year of the reign of the judges, there was peace also, save it were the pride which began to enter into the church. Not into the church of God, but into the hearts of the people who profess to belong to the church of God. 
and they were lifted up in pride, even to the persecution of many of their brethren. Now this was a great evil, which did cause the more humble part of the people to suffer great persecutions and to wade through much affliction. Nevertheless, they did fast and pray oft and did wax stronger and stronger in their humility and firmer and firmer in the faith of Christ unto the filling their souls with joy and consolation, yea, even to the purifying and the sanctification of their hearts, which sanctification cometh because of their yielding their hearts unto God, end quote. When we see pride, contention, persecution, and turmoil entering into our lives and society, we can't allow ourselves to get frustrated and throw in the towel. Rather, we need to double down on our faith, fast and pray often, become more humble, follow the example of Christ more fully. Because regardless of what's happening out in the world, it's these spiritual things that will ultimately fill our souls with joy and consolation purification, and sanctification, even as the battle outside our homes rages on. Fourth lesson, when pride and sin enter our lives, we lose the divine power that has assisted us, and we're left to our own strength. Quote, now this great loss of the Nephites and the great slaughter which was among them would not have happened had it not been for their wickedness and their abomination which was among them. Yea, and it was among those also who professed to belong to the church of God. And it was because of the pride of their hearts, because of their exceeding riches, yea, it was because of their oppression to the poor, withholding their food from the hungry, withholding their clothing from the naked, and smiting their humble brethren upon the cheek, making a mock of that which was sacred, denying the spirit of prophecy and of revelation, murdering, plundering, lying, stealing, committing adultery, rising up in great contentions, and deserting away into the land of Nephi among the Lamanites. And because of this, their great wickedness, and their boasting in their own strength, they were left in their own strength. Therefore, they did not prosper, but were afflicted and smitten and driven before the Lamanites until they had lost possession of almost all their lands. End quote. Thriving in this world, even just surviving in this world, can be very challenging. There are so many forces and influences trying to break us, to tell us we're not good enough, to keep us from reaching our potential. Trying to navigate through all this without the help of God is difficult, if not impossible. Fortunately, God's primary motivation is to help us, to bring to pass the eternal life of his children. But if we choose to disregard his counsel, his commandments, the words of his prophets, then we choose to go it alone and to navigate the perils of life without the divine help that God wants to give us. I've lived on both sides of that fence, and I can attest that life with God is significantly more rewarding and successful than life without God. Fifth and final lesson, don't wait until it's too late to remember God. Quote, and it came to pass in the 60 and second year of the reign of the judges, the Nephites did abandon their design to obtain the remainder of their lands. For so numerous were the Lamanites that it became impossible for the Nephites to obtain more power over them. And it came to pass that the Nephites were in great fear, lest they should be overpowered and trodden down and slain and destroyed. Yea, they began to remember the prophecies of Alma and also the words of Mosiah. And they saw that they had been a stiff-necked people, and that they had set at naught the commandments of God. And because of their iniquity, the church had begun to dwindle, and they began to disbelieve in the spirit of prophecy and in the spirit of revelation. And they saw that they had become weak, like unto their brethren the Lamanites, and that the spirit of the Lord did no more preserve them. 
Yea, it had withdrawn from them because the spirit of the Lord doth not dwell in unholy temples. Therefore, the Lord did cease to preserve them by his miraculous and matchless power. For they had fallen into a state of unbelief and awful wickedness. And except they should cleave unto the Lord their God, they must unavoidably perish. For behold, they saw that the strength of the Lamanites was as great as their strength. And thus had they fallen into this great transgression. Yea, thus had they become weak because of their transgression in the space of not many years. End quote. The Nephites waited until they were on the brink of destruction to remember the teachings of the prophets and the power of God. They didn't see the error in their ways until they had lost almost everything. For you and I, let's not wait to remember our God. Let's follow the example of Christ every day, during the good times and the bad, to ensure that we never lose the divine support we need. While it's never too late to repent and come back to God, let's not wait until our lives have fallen apart to make that decision. Instead, let's make it a daily goal to draw closer to God so he will continue to draw closer to us. Well, while life for my family in California with a pandemic, fires, school closures, and everything else may feel overwhelming, and perhaps you're feeling the same way, let's remember that the most important thing that will help us is to continue to strive to accept our Savior's invitation to come and follow him today and each day. Whether we're struggling to maintain our faith as we confront adversity, or thinking about who should be our next leaders, or just trying to retain the divine assistance of God in our lives by always remembering him. Let's remember Helaman's final words to his sons. Quote, and now, my sons, remember, remember that it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that ye must build your foundation, that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, yea, his shafts in the whirlwind, yea, when all his hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you, it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe, because of the rock upon which ye are built which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereon if men build, they cannot fall, end quote. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time.